welcome to Forward Launch Your SaaS. I'm Kira Woodard, the podcast marketer and owner of Forward Launch. In this series, I sit down with executives whose marketing campaigns have resulted in impressive growth for their startups. In each episode, our guests talk about the one biggest piece of wisdom that they would share with other B2B SaaS marketing execs. Today, I am sitting down with Joran. He started his career within SaaS sales and actually moved over to customer success, where he became the head of customer success at Leadfeeder. He managed a team of 25 people, and last February, he actually founded his software business, which helps other B2B SaaS companies to grow via affiliate marketing. He's an affiliate of about 80 SaaS tools, so he noticed many issues with the current tools, which helped him to start his company. So, Joran, I'm super excited to hear about your background. Let's go back then. Um, when I started in sales at, at Leadfeeder, uh, I, I mean, it, it was pretty new back in the day. Uh, so a lot of people would ask me, okay, this is a great tool. Which tool should I use more? Um, that decided me, okay, at one point I got kind of sick of that question. So I, I built a website, which is called salesofmarketing.co. And it just has the best sales and marketing tools on there. At, I think, highest, we had around like 30,000 organic visitors per month. So we have been producing a lot of content, uh, adding the the tools on there. Um, and then it was time to create money out of it, right? So I wanted to create a passive income. I decided to become an affiliate of all these SaaS tools I listed on the site. And I realized that it wasn't that easy because uh, either you have to log into all these different portals to figure out, am I actually making money by referring the software? Or there was one tool which uh, I had around like 15,000 clicks uh, for around like 30 SaaS tools. And I did not make one euro. Got kind of uh, sick of that. So in the end, I decided to build my own affiliate management software, which is Redditus, where we basically help SaaS companies to grow uh, via an affiliate uh, marketing channel. Yeah, that's a good story. I think that's where a lot of the best company ideas come from. Just you had a problem and then you said, the solutions out here are not working for me, so I'm going to fix it myself. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I did. So since starting your new SaaS company, what would you say has been the biggest insight that's allowed you to grow it that you would share with other marketers? Yeah, I think I actually have two. Um, I would say, I guess, keep running experiments and keep track of like the high level impact of those experiments. And uh, the second one would be is to not try to invent the wheel or try to do everything yourself. Like definitely make sure you leverage others uh, along the way. How did you come to that realization? Yeah, the, I guess the the first one is before um, I started Leadfeeder, I worked at a different startup. Uh, I, I was doing sales and marketing there as well. We were doing a lot. We were working a lot, but we weren't really tracking things. Uh, when I actually moved on, I realized uh, within Leadfeeder that you can track everything. Like the, They were like the complete opposite where everything was being tracked. And it was kind of liberating to see what you're doing, what the impact would be, and but also not the short-term impact as in like MQLs, SQLs, et cetera, but what does it actually uh, in lifetime value um, bring to the company and then which um, channel does actually turn faster than the other, for example. So high-level impact as in not just the beginning part, but also the, the longer term, that was really nice to see. And 
I think that was the moment that I realized like keep track of everything, but also keep track of the right metrics. So at the moment now I'm doing marketing and sales myself. Um, I keep track of where are the signups coming from. And of course, it's nice that we have a lot of sign-up, but I want to know which one are actually driving revenue and which ones are actually driving the most revenue. That's um, what I'm doing now. Okay, so what has the revenue growth trajectory looked like since you started this company last year? And how has that tracking been helpful? Yeah, so, I mean, I started basically in February with a product which was done because uh, I did it as a side hustle. So I developed the product on the side. We started with zero monthly recurring revenue in February. We're now around like 2K um, and I'm hoping to get 10K at the end of the year. So we have some some good goals there. Um, and what it allowed me to track, as in I had a guy and there's like the second advice. I had somebody on my LinkedIn profile reaching out to people uh, to get me demos, to get me uh, into the conversation with people. I tracked everything he did, put it in the CRM system as the attribution to him. And um, I stopped their service a month and a half ago because we had a lot of demos, but it didn't convert because it took really long time. But I actually realized now I'm going to get him back because uh, he's been the driver of the biggest sales we made um, in the company now. So we've been closing some some big deals and they all came via him. So now I'm going to uh, get him back at the beginning of next month to to start his service again. Because in the end, he did bring the biggest deals, even though we had more signups, more deals. He was the one who was actually bringing us like the, the bigger ones. I see. So finding a person who's competent at the thing that you really need to get done and then making sure that you're tracking those metrics because it might not show up right away that this was actually a good investment. But later on down the line, if you're tracking correctly, you should see what the the payoffs are. Exactly, exactly. Like you have to have patience in a lot of things you do, right? Especially building a startup uh, and especially a marketing, like not everything you do is going to have an impact right away. I mean, that's the exact same thing I had within customer success. If you make a change, it does not impact the churn uh, the next month. Like it will take months to figure out, does it actually have a positive or negative impact? So keeping track of, of what's going on is definitely uh, the best thing to do. And indeed, either outsource it uh, to somebody who's done it before, who knows the drill and he can just quickly get going. Or for example, leverage somebody else's like knowledge and just talk to somebody as in, I mean, we're all unique, but the problems we are often aren't. So uh, let's talk to somebody and get him uh, get him unstuck you basically and get, get the challenge uh, out of the way. Well, how do you find the right person? Because I feel like this is probably a big challenge for lots of CEOs and executives. How do you know whether to invest in someone and who's the right person? How do you manage all of that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, for example, for the outsourcing, like I do a lot of things on Fiverr, but you have Upwork, like you have all these, all these, um, platforms, right? Like I, I kind of just sometimes, uh, do five orders for somewhat the same thing and I will figure out who's the best and then I will start working with that person. Um, with like leveraging somebody else's knowledge, there's platforms for that as well. Like I'm an, a growth mentor, uh, which is a platform where you can talk to other people one on one to get yourself unstuck as they call it but there's other platforms as well like you can get a membership i think for like 100 dollars per month you can talk to a limited amount of people on a one-on-one -on -one basis so you will have experts on seo on growth marketing on uh go to market on 
a very specific LinkedIn ad, for example. So you don't have to invent everything yourself anymore. Like it's. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you said it's important to run experiments as you go along so you can track. So what are some of the tips that you have surrounding that to make that successful? Yeah, yeah. I would, I guess, like, um, I mean, always start with the goal, right? So what is what is the goal? But then, for example, like a lot of marketers might uh, focus on signups, but I would definitely recommend looking a bit longer term. So um, what are like... Um, the high value uh, signups you're generating, like who actually convert into into money, but who actually stay with the company as well. So we have the best like LPV. So what is the uh, business goal? And the business goals, of course, to have profitable clients. Then come up with ideas to to how to achieve that. Set set up tracking to measure the ideas. So make sure you you track everything, because otherwise you won't be able to know what what is successful or not. Start running the experiments. And then I will say, check the results and then continue with, with the ones which are working. So it is the growth hacking mythology, of course, but that is working like really well. And you can make it as big as you want the experiments. Okay. Okay. So if you, let's say I wanted to start in my business right now, like running experiments and bringing on new people that can do various aspects of the business for me, step-by-step, step, what should I start doing in my company to make this successful? Yeah. That's a, a good question. So, I, I, I mean, if if I were going to start, I guess, like my new business, I would definitely uh, identify, okay, who's going to be my ICP, right? So who's actually going to buy my service or product? Um, where are they located? So how can I get in touch with them? Uh, what kind of searches do they do, of course, to make sure you, you are going for that. But then in the end, like at the beginning, um, I would definitely focus on the short-term wins. So uh, LinkedIn outreach, uh, contact people within Facebook groups, uh, contact people on Reddit uh, or on platforms there already are where uh, your group is. So I'm not sure what the group is going to be, but there's a lot of SaaS founder group, for example, where you can quickly find people who are um, doing the exact same thing. Like we did uh, an AppSumo launch where there were a lot of people who are like the early adopters of SaaS software they would buy uh, your software against a one-time code, but then it would give them access to the to your software for a lifetime. Um, lifetime, but that allows you to quickly find uh, early users, quickly uh, get some revenue in. But it wouldn't actually help you with the long-term goal, which is monthly recurring revenue. But at least you already have some validation going on. So I guess like that's it. Like. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. I think that's that's always the case, as in don't overcomplicate things. Like just start reaching out to people who are going to be interested um, with the product or service you're going to offer. Okay, okay. So you said the first step is to identify the ICP and how to get in touch with them. And then a product launch on AppSumo sounds really interesting. Do you have any other like hacks like that or opportunities that other people might not be aware of? Yeah, I mean... Um, it all again comes down to like, especially within SaaS, like where are your, uh, where is your target group? So, um, there are some tools where you can build in public. So you can basically share what is your monthly recurring revenue? What have you been working on? What are the results you're getting? Um, you can go to Reddit. Of course, you can go to Quora. You can start answering questions there. So, um, I think that's, that's it. Like, 
you're building something which people have an interest in because they have an issue or they want to fix something. So if they have, then they're already discussing it somewhere on the on the internet, right? So you can already find what they're asking and then you can find those um, questions and then start answering them, which actually be up in joining uh, my tool or my servers because I actually fixed this for you already. So you're actually joining a bunch of Reddit forums and Quora and following some Quora feeds yeah. and then you're just kind of in there every day. Like how much time are you spending on this? Like responding to people and looking up different posts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I do most of my things on LinkedIn. So I'm in a lot of LinkedIn groups. But for example, like what I do is I invite like 20 to 30 founders per day uh, on LinkedIn and just send them connection requests. And I keep sharing content uh, about anything related to B2B SaaS on my LinkedIn profile. So at the moment, I'm around like 10,000 followers. So every post I do and I post daily will get seen uh, by thousands of people. So it allows me to also build a network and to create like this inbound funnel uh, via LinkedIn for myself. And not just, I guess, for marketing purposes, but also for sales purposes, because once people sign up and they don't do the things we want them to do, they keep seeing my face all the time when they go on LinkedIn and they're going to think like, oh, I still need to install the tracker script for Redditus. Um, and then they see my face and they think like, oh, yeah, I do need to install it. Let's Let's do it now. And that's a lot of the comments I get uh, in the demos or in the emails uh, I send out. They've seen your face so many times, like you reminded them to go back to the product. Exactly, exactly. And like if you do it with a smile as in if you do it with humor, and that's uh, kind of what I do, for example, like I can keep following up on people for 10 times or 15 times and I would just do it with a smile as in, okay, it just starts really to feel like stalking. Uh, can you just respond one or two? And then one would be, I'm still interested too. I don't have time. Things like that. Like make it make it funny. Um, and then people will love it. Like today as well, I heard, uh, I don't mind you keep following up on me because I'm busy, but uh, I do appreciate it. So keep doing it. Hey, so. every salesperson in the world wants to hear that, right? <laughs> Like, I want you to keep following up with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you do, but like, as long as you do it with humor, right? Like, don't become annoying or I keep it personalized, as in the follow ups I do are not going to be like, uh, have you watched my previous email? And then don't give any value in the email you're going to send out. So always keep in mind that you're actually trying to help them to fix something. So either uh, get them a promotion, get them more money if they're a founder. Uh, basically, you're trying to help them to become better uh, in their job. Yeah, so let me get the timeline right here. So you're connecting with yeah. 30 people a day on LinkedIn. They're seeing your LinkedIn posts after they connect with you. And then uh, through that, you're reaching out to some people directly. You're encouraging them to sign up for your product. Or is it just like you have some call to actions in your LinkedIn posts? Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, the, the second, which uh, that's what I'm doing right now. And the guy I was talking about who actually brought on uh, the biggest deal for us. I'm going to get him back. So what he does, he kind of does the exact same thing. He invites people, but then he does run through a sequence of messages when they accept the invitation. So, um, but then it's again, not, not just purely selling. So we drafted the messaging and we would send you a message like, um, hey, I noticed you're also in SaaS. Now, what do we send? We send working on an interesting SaaS product uh, at the moment. Would you like to know more? That's it. So pretty short. And I think I can find maybe the, the, the better sequencing because I'm not sure if that's the actual sentence, but we're not trying to sell you anything at the beginning. And 
It's all personalized. So that guy is basically logging on my LinkedIn, having an actual conversation. So if you respond to anything, he would respond to that rather than just saying, hey, I noticed we have similar connections. Uh, I thought we should connect. Or I noticed you're also in this LinkedIn group that connect. Like that's people are not going to accept that anymore. Yeah, that's true. When you're small, you're personal, right? As the saying goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you have to work them through the funnel. So to come back to the original question, like for him, uh, it was booking demos, but even he asked, okay, how many of those demos did you actually close? So he always wanted to know what actually converted the money. And then of course he wants to know like at one point, which clients actually churned or not. So are they still with you? So he wants to know the actual value he brought to the company. So not just on a monthly recurring revenue basis, but also on an, on an LPV basis. Okay. So you have some kind of like tracking system set up to look at each of those key numbers, right? Yeah. But it, it I, I, like, and that's, I guess, like something I mentioned, well, it does not have to be difficult, right? So you don't have to create, you don't have to create uh, difficult systems. As in, for example, what I do within Pipedrive, the CRM I use, I would just have a custom field and I would just say they came in via, and then I would call his name or I would add something like the channel. Uh, where they're coming from so the original channel how they signed up and then that would stick there and as soon as they close we can def we can see which channel actually generated money and then at one point we can see how long did they actually stayed with us because at the moment we didn't have any churn yet so everybody still still stayed with us good cool that's very interesting so um that's how you're getting some signups like you're inviting people manually to demos and then they're signing up for your product that I, I assume. And then you said you're sending them lots of follow-up emails or they're continuing to see your face and posts like after they've signed up and done like what, a trial or become a customer. Sometimes they're dropping off. So the seeing your face kind of reminds them that they need to go back onto the platform. Exactly, exactly. And, and everything I do at the moment is manual, which isn't ideal when you want to grow a company. But the reason why I do it manually is it's kind of, well, it's not an experiment, but it's figuring out, okay, what are the challenges they're having? And we're now actually drafting like messages in follow-ups on emails. How can we make it like semi-personalized, but also are going to prepare ourselves for scale? Because in the end, like everybody wants to go like product-led growth, right? And it does not mean that uh, somebody has to write all these follow-ups emails one-on-one. So that is the next step we're taking. Um and I think like with the experiments, as in, for example, we have been experimenting with SEO for four months. We're not getting any results yet, of course, because it will take a long time to actually start driving signups. But that's something we do next to uh, the short term results, which are sending LinkedIn messages. So we're now seeing the growth of uh, organic traffic, which is nice. So that should um, at one point start helping us to also figure out which blogs are actually driving traffic, which convert into paying clients. Okay. So did you find a person to do that for you or did you start doing it yourself or was it a combination of those things? No. So I'm definitely not writing all the content myself because at the moment, I think we publish uh, between 20 and 30 blogs per month or something like that on average. And I want to uh, scale that up a bit more. So I'm definitely not be able to write it myself. Like even now, I tried to outsource the tragedy behind it. Because everybody can look up like what are the most uh, search keywords, right? What do I need to, what can I use for H1, H2? Uh, what are the 
a structure I need to have. So I'm, I'm now actually trying to figure out if I can outsource also the strategy behind the content writing, but I always keep control of the end result, right? So I will have somebody do most of the heavy lifting for me. I will check if it's going to be good. We're going to categorize the content. Is it like informational? Is it commercial? Is it a bottom of funnel? Like what kind of content is it? And then uh, we'll check, make sure if, if everything is correct. And then it's going to uh, content writers. So we're going to push it out to content writers. So we kind of keep control, but we're not going to do all the heavy work ourselves. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So this is coming from you already having a background in marketing strategy and everything. So you already know how to do the SEO strategy coming into this, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a website, of course, which uh, already has quite a bit of traffic. So but in the end, like things change, right? So you have to keep experimenting to figure out what is working or what isn't. So um, and if you don't have like that knowledge, then again, somebody else will. So like what you could do, just talk to somebody who already has done it before, ask him for some quick tips, like how can I get started if I want to achieve X and then uh, start working through those steps basically and, and that person can help you. So again, don't try to invent the wheel. Because the art companies already did it, they um, they know how to do it. So just make sure you start leveraging them as well. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask. Because if I didn't already know how to do the SEO, I don't want to just like go out and pay some writer who says they know what they're doing, or some kind of SEO strategist who claims to know what they're doing. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's in a matter of just like finding somebody in your space that you kind of admire and then getting their ideas and then you implement it yourself before you hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. Like, um, I don't want to say that I know what I'm doing, but I guess, for example, now I have a growth hacker who also has knowledge. So we kind of compare, combine like our knowledge and then we figure out, okay, how do we want to structure this? Uh, and he goes a bit more in depth than, than actually I do. But in the end, um, I would definitely recommend like, talking to people to figure out how can they help you but it's really easy to burn a lot of money so indeed don't just uh, say hey um, i'm gonna spend now money on on somebody writing 30 blogs for me and i have no idea what he's actually going to write so always keep control in i guess like what you outsource so make sure that you kind of send a good brief you make sure that you track everything along the way as in what are the results um, you're getting? And then if it's working, then you can scale things up. But indeed, just don't spend money uh, and then it doesn't drive any results. Like always keep keep track of it. Right. Okay. So you kind of have to have the idea of what the campaign wants to achieve in your mind before you start outsourcing anything. And then you come up with the strategy and you take ownership over all of it. You find somebody who you think is going to be good, but you don't spend too much money on them. Yeah. And then you just track the results over time until it's kind of matching up with your assumptions or you tweak things along the way until it's getting the result that you want. Exactly. Exactly. That's a really good summary. It's better than I can, I can summarize it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And are there any other tips or pitfalls that you would like to caution people against with this process or encourage them to do if they want to be successful? A big pitfall is that you try to measure everything, right? Like I, of course, say that you have to measure a lot of things, but um, it's a big pitfall just to try that you're going to try to measure everything or you're going to make it super complicated or you're going to create this big strategy um, and you're spending a lot of time to actually 
creating that strategy and you're not actually running the experiments, I kind of would just say, like with everything, right, start. So um, it's the same with the LinkedIn outreach we do, as in I could create an entire strategy on, on how to do things, or I could just start inviting 20 people per day and then figure out, okay, what is the next step I want to do? What is actually working? How can I optimize it? And then continue on there. So don't try to make things complicated from the beginning, like optimize things as you as you go, I would definitely say so. Yeah, I like that. And as we're wrapping up, I would just like to hear a little bit more about Redditus. So time to shine a spotlight on you. What projects are you working on? What would you like people to know? And where should people go to get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, uh, they can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, so um, if, you, if you either search for Joran Hoffman or Flip Flop Entrepreneur, you will you will find me. Um, Ready to like we focus on B2B SaaS companies. So again, we help them to grow via the affiliate marketing channel. So either if you want to create a side hustle or you want to grow your SaaS, then you can you can come to us. Um, and I guess the other thing, like we're doing a bit different uh, things than the competitors because I was head of CS. Like I kind of have that value aspect built in from the beginning at Redditus. So we have a free plan, but like our, our first paid package starts really uh, low. Uh, but once you start driving value out of our platform, we will upgrade you along the way. But you will always earn a lot more money than we're actually going to charge you. So we'll never have that conversation in your own. I'm paying you way too much. Because in the end, then you're probably earning uh, 50 times as much as you're paying me. So that's kind of the platform we built. And like we have a marketplace which allows affiliates to apply for different programs. So we have uh, just a little uh, less than 50 uh, SaaS affiliate programs live right now where you can quickly see, okay, this is the commission I can make. And this is the uh, period I can make commission over. So you can start promoting SaaS products with ease just by applying in the marketplace and then you can have all the um, programs in one place and that's that has been my biggest challenge as a SaaS affiliate myself so that's kind of what we fix now within Redditus. Awesome well thank you so much Joran for hopping on the podcast and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Forward Launch Your SaaS. If you like summaries, show notes, transcripts, downloads, and other helpful links and resources to help you implement the tactics you've heard here, then you can one, go to forwardlauncherSaas.com and two, subscribe to our email newsletter. Lastly, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and neighbors and head over to iTunes to leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.